This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. I have a very important announcement that I need to make right now. If you text DATA, D-A-T-A, just the word DATA, to 33777, uh, I'll send you back the link to the show notes and then to Amazon and Barnes & Noble for my book. If you pre-order my book from Amazon today, it's 39% off. Uh, so if you want a discount uh, for my book, it's 39% off at Amazon right now. Uh, text DATA to 33777. The book is called You Shall Be As Gods. And it essentially traces modern progressive secularism back to the pre-Christian Roman era. It's just a new form of of Gnosticism and paganism, all, all woven together and repackaged as something new. And it's not something new. And when you realize it's not something new, but something very old, you understand really how to deal with it. Now, I can't talk about what I wanted to talk about because there's breaking news. Fawny Willis is the prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, who decided to prosecute Donald Trump. She is admitting to an affair with the prosecutor. She's admitting she's an adulteress. She's admitting that she was cheating on a man's wife with a man that she and, and Nathan Wade, the uh, special prosecutor who has no RICO experience that she put in charge, that, uh, yep, they've been having a fling, but she takes the how dare you uh intrude into my personal life to the um, Ashley Merchant, the lawyer who raised the issue. Now, here is uh, from CBS News. Lawyers for Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis are preparing to formally acknowledge in a court filing she had a romantic relationship with lawyer Nathan Wade, whom she appointed to lead the Georgia prosecution of Donald Trump, but they will vigorously push back against allegations of financial conflicts and the contention she should be disqualified from the case in the affidavit by Wade that is expected to be submitted Friday with Willis's court filing, both obtained by CBS News. Wade states, quote, in 2022, District Attorney Willis and I developed a personal relationship in addition to our professional association and friendship. I have no financial interest in the outcome of the 2020 election interference case or in the conviction of any defendant. No funds paid to me in compensation for my role as special prosecutor have been shared with or provided to District Attorney Willis. In the filing, Willis's attorneys responded to the allegation saying, quote, this is not an example of zealous advocacy, nor is it a good faith effort to develop a record on a disputed legal issue. It is a ticket to the circus. 
and the filing condemns the, quote, incredibly inappropriate efforts to intrude into opposing counsel's personal life with little to no evidentiary value. That is a lie. It's a statement of outrage. Now, we know that the first travel receipts anyone can find between Willison and uh, Wade go back to October 2022, a year after Willis hired Wade. Willis hired Wade in 2021. They say the relationship developed in 2022, that it was not 2019, uh, but there's still problems. Uh Though Willis is an elected official, she's still kind of guided by the HR requirements for Fulton County, Georgia. She needed to disclose the relationship. And also, as this has progressed from a special grand jury investigation into indictments of the former president and others, uh, that changed the nature of the case. And she should have gotten Fulton County permission to hire a special prosecutor to prosecute this case, given the amount of money to be uh, burdened to the taxpayers of Fulton County, Georgia, but did not. And then there is uh, the Georgia State Bar rules. A lawyer may accept a gift from a client if the transaction meets general standards of fairness, for example, a symbol gift such as a present given at a holiday or as a token of appreciation. According to bank and travel records, Willis received a number of gifts from the attorney she hired amounting to thousands of dollars in travel expenses. Not exactly a token of appreciation. I, I still think there are really big issues here. CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig uh, wrote in New York Magazine about this, and, and let me let me just re- read this to you. And I realize that this is a liberal legal analyst for CNN. Why did Willis hire Wade to lead the Trump case rather than picking any of the dozens of deeply experienced trial prosecutors in the Fulton County DA's office? Willis instead hired Wade and two other outsiders. This kind of thing happens sometimes if the prosecutor's office doesn't have the right people to handle the case or need specific expertise. But Wade is conspicuously underqualified for the particular assignment. According to his own website, he's particularly practiced personal injury and family law. His defenders note the man was a judge and a prosecutor, but with all due respect, not really or not in any way that would prepare him for the task at hand. Wade held those titles only at the municipal level, handling petty misdemeanors or less. He never tried a single felony criminal case. Yet Willis selected him to lead the most complex and important racketeering case in Georgia history. Something's clearly up. Why has Wade been paid so much money? Like the other two outside attorneys working the Trump case, Wade earns a set hourly rate of $250 an hour. Over the past two years, the other contract lawyers have billed the DA $75,000 and $90,000 respectively. Now let's do a little exercise. What dollar amount paid to Wade would cause you to gasp? Got your number? So the other two outside contract lawyers on this case, one was paid $73,000, one was paid $90,000. So what dollar amount would make you gasp in light of that, that Wade was paid? You ready? He was paid over $653,000. Perhaps he worked more hours than his colleagues, but seven to nine times more. Willis herself is the top prosecutor of the county, makes $198,000 annually. Wade brings down over $300,000 a year. 
Wade once billed the DA's office for 24 hours in a single day in November of 2021. If he actually did work around the clock without pause for sleep, food, or the bathroom, my hat's off to him. If not, someone's bilking the taxpayers. That is a liberal writing at liberal publication, New York Magazine. It's remarkable. There is a clear conflict of interest here. Fawny Willis is admitting to an affair with Nathan Wade. Uh, she says they did nothing wrong, that there is no conflict of interest. She got no gifts from him. I beg to differ. When you're paying him $653,000 and he's taking you on trips to California and cruises, uh, yeah, you are totally making some money off of this, particularly he is completely unqualified. He's never, never, never has he ever tried a criminal RICO case. RICO cases are extremely complex. I have more experience. Put this to you. Your host, your talk radio show host, Eric Erickson, has more experience in RICO cases in the state of Georgia than Nathan Wade, the man picked by the Fulton County DA to prosecute Donald John Trump in a RICO case. I have done more RICO cases in Georgia than Nathan Wade. That blows my mind. And I haven't been a lawyer since 2006. And I have more experience in RICO than he does. That should blow your mind if you're listening anywhere in this country. That should blow your mind. It is an entirely complex um, bit of litigation. Now, mine were civil, not criminal RICO cases. They're still complex and under the same law. It's just, it blows my mind. Um, it, it is just on its face absurd that this is the guy, given his lack of experience, who would be the prosecutor, but for the fact that they're in a relationship. They've been having an affair. And she doesn't like that she's been caught. What's so noticeable to me is the way the conversation has changed on this. Because even the left, when Alvin Bragg unveiled his case in New York, even the left was really dismissive of it. When Alvin Bragg unveiled his case in New York City against Donald Trump, it made all sorts of sensational headlines on MSNBC until the details of how Donald Trump was charged came out. And poor old Rachel Maddow, you thought she's going to cry on air. She was so excited and then so disappointed. Alvin Bragg in New York, you will recall, is charging Donald Trump with federal campaign violations via a state law. The problem is that the federal government has not charged Donald Trump with a federal campaign violation, and the violation, as alleged by Alvin Bragg, has never been prosecuted in the history of the country. It is the most novel case, and it's layered state law grasping to a federal law that is not a prosecutable law. That's why the left doesn't talk about the Alvin Bragg litigation, because they know how weak the case is. But they were all of them, every single one of them, all of them were excited about the Fawny Willis case. I mean, some of them had priapism. I mean, it was lasted more than four hours, and they were having to go to the ER, and they hadn't even taken Viagra. They were so excited about the Fawny Willis case. And now they don't want to talk about it. I mean, they're like, oh, my gosh, she has sabotaged her own case. Yes, she has. The hubris of Fawny Willis. She might as well start calling her Icarus, except even Icarus didn't fly this close to the sun. Still, look what happened to him. It is remarkable arrogance on her part. 
to think she could have an affair with the special prosecutor who was completely unqualified for the case and be able to get away with it and then have the audacity to scream that Ashley Merchant, the lawyer, is inappropriately dragging her personal life into the case for nothing other than to bring a circus. No, it has every relevance to the case. And here's the thing. I strongly, strongly believe that the judge should throw out the whole case. The judge should absolutely throw out the entire case. Why? Because you have to punish the district attorneys who behave this inappropriately. And the only way to punish them is to throw out their case. Why punish her? Why is it inappropriate? Because she is dragging taxpayers through the dirt and ruining the finances of her county by hiring a man she's having an affair with to prosecute a massive case he has no experience for. There is no reason to hire the man you're having an affair with to prosecute a case he has no experience for other than you're trying to help your boyfriend out. He's completely unqualified for it. Completely unqualified for it. And again, I have more experience in RICO cases in Georgia than he does. He doesn't even have serious criminal law. I, I've probably got more criminal law experience than he does, too, come to think of it. And again, I hadn't practiced law since 2006. This is absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. The judge should throw it out to send a signal to other prosecutors in the state of Georgia to set a precedent that when you behave this egregiously, this unethically, and with this much conflict of interest, your case gets thrown out as a way to disincentivize future behavior like this. At best, he should conflict her out and send it to the state prosecuting attorney's counsel. So the judge nor the nor the attorney general in Georgia would actually pick someone. If Fawny Willis is disqualified from this case, a lot of people believe it's the attorney general in Georgia, Chris Carr, who would pick a new prosecutor. That's not the way it works. It would go to a special prosecutor's counsel. And that guy, ha, 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 A listener just sent us a note and said Nathan Wade was his DUI attorney 20 years ago. So, so the distinct irony here is that in 2020, the reason Donald Trump loses all of his stolen election cases because he hires DUI lawyers to become election lawyers, and now Fawny Willis is trying to go after Donald Trump with a DUI lawyer turned criminal prosecutor. <laughs> wow, there is some rich irony in this. Good gracious. Um, this woman thought she would suffer no consequences for this level of conflict of interest. The consequence should be Judge McAfee throws the entire case out. If he's not willing to do that, at a minimum, he should disqualify her and send it to the special prosecutor or the, the prosecutor and attorney's counsel to find a new prosecutor to prosecute and let that guy throw it out. Because the bottom line here, this is an egregious conflict of interest, and it is a betrayal of the taxpayers who will suffer under the cost of litigation, much of which will go to her boyfriend. This case should be thrown out. She should be rebuked by the court for this egregious behavior. Let's go to the phones. Carrie, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Eric. Hi there. Hey, how are you today? Good. Listen, long-time listener, and always enjoy your show. And uh, I had a comment on the war in Gaza. I'm calling it a moment of divine inspiration. Why isn't everybody screaming for Hamas to do an unconditional surrender? Aren't they just uh, a modern incarnation of the Nazis? Yeah, they, know, they, they are. Um, yeah. It's just a reminder of how much of the world would be on the side of the Nazis if they were around today. I mean, they, uh, honestly, it, it it has everything to do with anti-Semitism. 
Uh, so much of the world views the Israelis as as colonialist usurpers, uh, even though they're they're moving back to their native lands. That that, that has everything to do with it. Arab nations um, believe that they are oppressed and that they are weak and that the Jews are to blame. And so much of the world uh, uses the Jews as as a, an escape to to uh, avoid culpability for their own problems. That's that's what's going on here. I mean, just think about this. For all the people calling about uh, Israel needs to stop in Gaza, if you called for Hamas to surrender, you'd get the same results and it would clean up Hamas. But none of them, none of them are interested in actually doing that. None of them are interested in getting Hamas to stop because so many of them are on the side of the terrorists because they hate the Jews. And I, I really, I have come to believe that uh, anti-Semitism really is a canary in the coal mine for uh, civilization. That when you begin to see a rise of anti-Semitism anywhere in the world, you're beginning to see darknesses creep back into the world. And we're starting to see that rise. And that is a a massively, massively um, troubling warning sign on the planet right now that we're starting to see this this level of anti-Semitism uh, coming out of the shadows in, in this country and everywhere else. It is a big red flag for uh, subsurface problems that are starting to spill out to the surface. And uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to turn the corner on it quickly, but we need to stand up against it wherever we see it. Now, I want to stand up for small businesses, which is why I push you to stamps.com. Seriously, y'all, if you're an individual or if you're a business and you ship a lot, stamps.com can save you up to 89% off UPS and post office rates. But more than that, they get you out of the line. So you can, through their interface, arrange pickup at your home or office of your packages. So you don't have to go stand in line with all those germy people coughing and waiting. You can buy supplies through stamps.com. Uh, you can buy postage through stamps.com. It makes it really easy. All you need is a, is a computer or a mobile device and a printer. You can print your labels. And if you go to stamps.com today, you click on the microphone and you put in Eric, you get this great offer with a free digital scale with uh, free postage. You have no contract. This is why I love stamps.com, why I've used them for 20 years, is there's no long-term commitment. I've got a long-term commitment with them because they don't make me do that. There's no contract that I got to sign. I can stop at any time, but I ship enough that it's useful to me. It saves me a ton of money, and they show up at my office to pick up the packages. You can do that, too. It's stamps.com. Click on the microphone. Put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. I need to offer a disclosure. I happen to know the CEO of Meta, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I, I I know him. Uh, I actually like the guy. So I I know a, a number of the the tech billionaires, and he is the only one I would classify as normal. Uh, he gets a bad rap. They accuse him of being robotic and and whatnot. He is a family man, other than his obsession with with MMA and building the poor, tearing up his wife's yard to put an octagon in, uh, did not go over well with her. <laughs> um, but he's got kids. He's just, he's normal. He's not a drug addict. Um, he, he's, he's, he's a normal person. Uh, and his, his company has sponsored my conference the last number of years. And I, I tremendously appreciate them sponsoring the conference to, find uh, conservatives that they can have conversations with and, and address our concerns. And I got concerns with the company. 
Um, I, I've always thought like the metaverse idea was was a bad thing to pull people increasingly online. It's like Apple's Vision Pro is coming out to you. Of course, I ordered it. Um, but I, I, I'm concerned about this idea of putting these things on our heads that pull us into a world when we need to be more in the real world. I am concerned about uh, reports of how at, at Facebook – uh, they incentivized kids buying games and, and led to some massive spending by kids inappropriately and, and drew them in and, and found ways to adjust the algorithm to keep people on it. At the same time, I, I love Instagram. Instagram is my favorite social site. If you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, text Eric to 33777, you can find my Instagram link. You should follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be doing a lot of cooking this weekend. Uh, it's where I put it. We put up clips of the show, but I put up, like, when I live life, I live life on Instagram. You'll see the messiness, too. Um, I, I don't try to curate it for people and, and make some socially uh, influenced world that isn't real. You see the mess and all. I, I like Instagram a lot. I interact with more listeners on Instagram than anywhere else. There was a hearing on Capitol Hill. Mark Zuckerberg was essentially frog marched to Capitol Hill so that the senators, many of whom have no idea what the Internet even is, could get their pound of flesh from Mark Zuckerberg over Facebook and Meta. Um, it, it is very clear that uh, people have used that platform for nefarious reasons. Let me talk personally about the issue, very personally about the issue. In 2016, as you know, I said I, I couldn't bring myself to vote for Trump in 2016. Uh, my kids were harassed because of my position. We had allowed our daughter at the time, she was, she was young. She was about 10, 11 years old. And we set her up a private Instagram account. She didn't have a cell phone. This is important for you to know. She didn't have a cell phone per se, uh, but we allowed her an Instagram account because she's a big Taylor Swift fan. She wanted to follow along. Um, she she wanted to, to interact with, with friends of hers whose parents let them have technology. So we didn't give her a cell phone, but she did have an iPad and uh, we, we set her up a an Instagram account. It was private. It was locked. We monitored it, or at least we thought we were monitoring it enough. She didn't have TikTok at the time. Went around. There was Snapchat. She didn't have Snapchat. Anything like that. She began to be bullied by kids over Instagram. Kids would send her messages nasty messages. They made fun of her, made fun of her looks, made fun of her most of all because of me, vilified her because of me. I mean, kids literally told my kid at a Christian private school, no less, that they couldn't be friends with her because their parents hated me because they disagreed with me and I was destroying the country. They began to push my kid to commit suicide. They began to bully my child and to try to convince my child, my oldest child, my daughter, 
they tried to convince my daughter to commit suicide because if she killed herself, I might see the light and change my mind on Donald Trump. They did that to her. These kids used Instagram and then the conversations at school as well to bully and harass my child and try to get her to kill herself. It's a true story. I And you know, God bless my wife and kids, uh, particularly my, my wife, because my kid was, was young at the time, that I didn't know the extent of it. They wanted to shelter me from it because they didn't want me to change my opinions or how I was doing things. They they believed in what I was doing and, and it's a, a terrible burden on my family what I do. I you know, I I have the only two kids on the planet who get anxiety in an election year. Election years make my kids anxious after what they went through. My son was beat up on the playground for the same reason, because I didn't support Donald Trump. I want you all to know something. Never once, not a single time, never did I blame Mark Zuckerberg because of what was happening on Instagram. Never once. I have never in my life blamed the owners of social media platforms for the awful things that people do on their platform because they're not the ones doing the bad thing. And it is remarkable to me to see a bunch of United States senators blast Mark Zuckerberg and demand he apologize to people because of the bad things happening on his platform. I demand that every single freaking United States senator stand up and apologize to the American public for the bad things happening in this country when they're the managers of it. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If Mark Zuckerberg needs to stand up and apologize to the American public because bad people did bad things on his platform, then by God, every United States senator needs to stand up and apologize for bad things happening on their platform called the United States of America on their watch, including the illegal immigrants coming over and the fentanyl crisis they have no desire to fix and every other problem under the sun in this country, they should stand up, face the public and give an apology to. The audacity of them to make this man who has created jobs and wealth for a lot of Americans in their 401ks that he should stand up and apologize because a bad person did something bad on his platform and they didn't preemptively stop it is absurd. You know who's responsible for it? The bad people. They're showboating this. Yes, there are problems with Meta. There are problems with Facebook. The algorithms are tweaked in such a way to keep you invested online and to put things into your view and purview that then you don't want to escape from. You want to see it. That's the way the algorithms work across all social media platforms. It's not just him. It's all of them. And you know what? If you continue down that road, it's on you. But what the United States Senate excels at is abdicating responsibility for themselves and every other person, including the parents of America, and picking one guy who happens to be fabulously wealthy that they can blame for everything because everybody hates the billionaires. So let's blame the billionaire instead of the parents for allowing their kids on social media. We got rid of our kid's account. But it was herself. She's the one who wanted to get rid of it. She had, had the smarts to do it. 
We've never given our kids Snapchat. We've never given our kids TikTok. We've never given our kids Facebook. They can be on Instagram, but they can't be on Facebook. Why Instagram? Because I find it to be the most civil of the social media platforms. They're not allowed on Twitter. You come to my house and our Wi-Fi blocks you from Snapchat and TikTok and Twitter. I never once blamed Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook or Meta or Instagram for the awful things people did to my kids because the fault lied with the awful people, not them. But the United States Senate, with all the crises in the world today, wants to drag the billionaire Silicon Valley people up and blame them for all the problems in the world instead of actually blaming the parents who gave unmonitored access to their kids to social media when they were too young to have it. They don't want to blame the bad people who are actually doing the human trafficking on the internet. You know, the algorithms continue to try to work and they're not, they're not perfect. But they try to do a pretty good job of dealing with the situation. It's, it's not great. It, it, it could be way better. But it's always a work in progress. And, and now they, they, they want to, they're, they're, they, they want to shut these websites down or find ways to allow people to sue Mark Zuckerberg. And, and there are horrible situations. A kid who uh, gave um, gave naked pictures to people who then turned around and blackmailed him and he committed suicide and did it over the platforms and, and the AI wasn't good enough to realize the sorts of pictures that were going over. You know, frankly, uh, Apple, for example, wanted to be able to do this on its devices and there was huge outrage that Apple would be doing this. And, and so Apple backed down from doing the very thing that the Senate says Facebook should be doing. Apple had the technology at play, but oh my gosh, the privacy concerns, how we can't do this. And even members of Congress were outraged. Apple would spy on people doing exactly what Congress says Facebook should have to do. And Facebook does, and it's not a flawless process. There are problems, but how much more convenient it is to scapegoat one guy than to tell parents you're doing a terrible job parenting because one guy is one vote and all the parents are a lot of votes. So by God, we better never lecture the parents about letting their kids be uh, parented by device. No, 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 no. We, we can't criticize the parents. We can't criticize the parents of the bullies who are doing the awful stuff to the other kids online. No, God forbid you do that. You know, every time I talk about what happened to my kid at the old school, the people who know what school it is get mad at me for bringing it up. I mean, how dare I tell you what awful people did to my kid at a church-run school because, oh my gosh, people might think poorly of that church school. So I should just keep my mouth shut, apparently. Yeah, we blame the school to a degree because we, we flagged the issue with school and they did absolutely nothing. We had to pull our kids out of that school. But there are new people. It's been time. I, I think there's a measure of guilt to people who hear me tell the story and realize how screwed up it was. And uh, it was screwed up then and they didn't do anything about it. It's not a blame. It's not an unwillingness to let it go. It's you should know the story. I never blamed Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook for the harassment my kid was getting over social media. We blamed the people who were doing it. 
And it's just asinine to me that our members of Congress want to frog march the guy in and blast him for what terrible people do on his platform when there are terrible people doing all sorts of things all across America. And these senators aren't willing to stand up as the senators of the United States of America and apologize for terrible people doing things across America. And many of the members of Congress are complicit in letting them do it. Hello, members of Congress who are perfectly okay with the anti-Semites marching across college campuses. There are problems with Facebook and Meta. The algorithms are perhaps too addictive. People can't help themselves. There are people who use these platforms for nefarious ends. There are way more people using the platforms than there are employees at the platforms to monitor it all. They supplement with AI. It continues to get better. It's continued to be a work in progress. But it is absolutely absurd to me that you're going to make this guy or any of these other tech giants the bad guys when ultimately, at the end of the day, it's us. It's us. It's us as neglectful parents, bad parents, bad people, sinners in the world, doing things that shouldn't be done on social media. The people who do those things, not necessarily you and me, but I'm sure you know plenty of parents who hand their kid a device and say, have at it and never monitor it. They're the bad guys here. But God forbid the Senate call out the parents and tell them to do a better job. You can just scapegoat one guy in California and make him stand up and apologize to the America when it's really the United States Senate that should be doing that for wasting all of our times and refusing to secure a border while you've got all these illegal aliens coming across the border and undoubtedly agents of Iran, Hamas, China, and the rest. I mean, you want Zuckerberg to apologize? You people need to stand up and apologize to all of us and get the president to do the same thing. It's just absurd. The technology companies have provided good technology. What you do with it, what you do with it, that's on you. It's like making God apologize for putting the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden because even Adam couldn't handle it themselves. I guess God needs to apologize as opposed to Adam and Eve. Not that I'm saying Zuckerberg is God, of course, but you get the analogy there. The creator and what the people who use it do with the creation It's not always the same thing. It's just absurd. Now, let me tell you about Hillsdale College, folks, because Hillsdale wants to set us back on the course to fiscal sanity and and constitutional sanity and social and cultural sanity in the United States of America because they want to reteach you the founding of the country and the honest way the Constitution is supposed to operate. You can find out with their Constitution Minutes. We play them during the show in commercial breaks. They're really good. They're well-produced, and they're highly informative and educational. And also, they're they're compelling. You can listen to them at ericforhillsdale.com. You can share them with your friends who are constitutionally ignorant that you want to boost their knowledge. You can also get a free pocket Constitution. It's ericforhillsdale.com. ericforhillsdale.com. You go to ericforhillsdale.com. And you get a free pocket constitution, has Declaration of Independence as well. You hear the Constitution minutes, you share them with your friends. You can even find out how to take some of the brilliant courses from Hillsdale College that are free for people around the country about the Constitution and so many other great topics. The website again is Eric, E R I C K, Eric for Hillsdale.com. Larry Arn and Hillsdale College are real constitutional stewards, and you should support just such a great institution. Eric for Hillsdale.com. Go check them out today. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. 
And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Okay, so do y'all remember when I started telling you about the Hunga Tonga Hunga Volcano? That's actually its name, Hunga Tonga Hunga Volcano. Uh, that it is to blame for the massive warming that the world has seen in the last year. Uh, so the Hunga Tonga Hunga volcano exploded in, what, 2022, and researchers began warning that it had sent so much water vapor into the air that by headed into 2023 and for about seven years, we were going to have this massive, massive uh, blanket trapping in heat and, and it was going to get warm. And then when I, so I mentioned this stuff, uh, mentioned it fairly regularly and a fact checker for a media organization, uh, who does climate stuff came out and said, this isn't true. It's at least too soon to tell. He sure does seem sure of himself. And the climate experts I talked to said, no, 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 it's man-made global warming. Well, guess what? New academic research paper from Nature says, since the state-of-the-art climate models cannot generally reproduce the observed margin, we argue that it is highly unlikely that internal climate variability alone could have caused the large increase in global mean temperatures in September 2023. It is therefore likely that other external forces such as the Hunga Tonga volcanic eruption and sulfur pollution from ships have contributed to observed temperature anomalies. Wait a second. What? What? You're kidding. I was right. I was right. I wonder if the climate reporter is going to dare apologize. Will she write an update that, hey, it turns out the guy I said was wrong and wasn't an expert turns out to have known what he was talking about. She will not do that because these sorts of fact checkers never admit when they're wrong. But yes, friends, as I've been telling anyone who would listen, the listeners of this program knew better than anyone else, the great climate temperature surges we've seen had everything to do with a volcano and nothing to do with man-made global warming. And now the scientists are saying what y'all already knew. Eric Erickson was right. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.